This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to Radio City Talk. It is Fight Disciples time. Every single Tuesday night between 6.30 and 7.30, we celebrate the Merseyside fight scene. And every now and again, we do delve further afield, outside of the Northwest, just to keep you up to date with everything that's going on in the world of boxing. Uh, if you're a big boxing fan and you're a big UFC fan, there are more shows available for you throughout the course of the week on our website, fightdisciples.com is that. We're also on social media, at Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. There is lots to talk about at this moment in time as we build quite nicely towards the start of what is traditionally known as the boxing season. Kicks off in September, there's a lot of big fights, including Canelo and Triple G coming your way for that. But before we even get there, We've had all those press conferences kick off this week in the States. They're coming to the UK at some point this week. Mayweather, McGregor, circus, freak show, call it what you will. You're not going to be able to avoid it because we're going to be doing a series of special shows on it, uh, of which will be available for you on fightdisciples.com. How's your ugly mush today? You well? Good, matey. Yeah, very good. Had a good, uh, a good weekend, like you, glued to, what did we watch? One, two... Four live boxing events and one live press conference draft. Yeah. It was a it was a busy weekend, and this is supposed to be the the off season. There's some, not supposed to be much going on. We're supposed to be having our feet up now. It's crazy on the beach, getting a little bit of sand between our toes. But well, no, I did no, go no. to the beach. Did you? Yeah, I was in New Brighton Beach on uh, on Saturday. Took the kids over to New Brighton. Fantastic weather. It was like being abroad. It's phenomenal. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't. As long as you close your eyes and put blinkers on and, and don't look at the wind farms <laughs> on Mersey and the big tanker ships rolling by and. You know, apart from that, it was it was lovely. Yeah. You just mentioned the draft or uh, press conference draft, as you refer to it as. We're talking about the World Boxing Super Series. Is which way we're going to go first? Because uh, one of our boys, Callum Smith, surprisingly yeah. dropped right out of the sky and into the draft um, on Thursday. I think his name dropped in there. Um, Friday, obviously, then there was all the picture call and the seeds, and then on Saturday was the eventual draft for this World Boxing Super Series. For those that don't know what that is. Um, you may remember the Super Six, which involved Andre Ward and Carl Froch and Hedger Montella from, uh, from years and years and years ago. It's a similar thing. It's a round-robin tournament. There's a series of quarterfinals, then semifinals, then final. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, in 2017-2018, in the season of boxing, uh, there will be a competition between super middleweights and cruiserweights. Now, in the cruiserweight um, category... All four world titles will be up for grabs. Now, we've got to eat a little bit of humble pie, which we'll be doing throughout the whole course of the week, because on last week's show, I was saying there's no reason for the super middleweights to be getting involved in this type of competition, because there's a lot of money already in the super middleweight division compared to what is already available in the cruiserweight division. The superstars here at super middleweight, there's no superstars really at cruiserweight. Where's the money going to be for those cruiserweights other than going into a competition like this? However, how wrong could I be? Because... They sprinkled in a little bit of magic on Thursday and Friday, announcing the likes of Callum Smith being involved in that tournament and the likes of Chris Eubank Jr., hopefully if he comes through his fight this weekend, being involved in that tournament, to already add to George Groves. It's going to be sensational. I think it's only fair, rather than me and you waxing lyrical about it, we speak to the main man. We speak to Callum because he's been in the south of France. Mm -hmm. And the way that it worked at the weekend, he picked up a seed. He's number two seed in the super middleweights. George Groves, number one. But each seeded fighter got to pick their opponent for their first fight in the quarterfinals. 
I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Normally, you've just got to either face a ma- mandatory or uh, your promoter points you in the direction of literally something. picking an opponent to fight for the fight for the title against. Who do Brilliant. you want? Who do you want? Do you want a weak one? Do you want a tough one? Who do you want? How would you read in? How, how would you read into that? If someone picked me, I'd be thinking, "All oh, right, you fancy it, do you? Yeah, right, yeah. so I'm going to stick this on you." Yeah. Uh, well, he picked an undefeated Swede in Eric Scogland, who we uh, mentioned on last week's. Uh, show which is available on fightdisciples.com but without any further ado let's get Mundo on the phone to have a little bit of a chat about the upcoming tournament hello here he is listen he's been blagging that he's been at the World Boxing Super Series he's been auditioning for James Bond this weekend this lad not good didn't he he looks sharp oh he's got the gear on mate he had the gear on (laughs) south of France he's been in the casinos all this boxing (laughs) thing's a blooming front telling you you looked apart did you enjoy it mate enjoyed the south of France did you get or was it just in and out um, in and out we've got a few days to chill out but it was good it was good to just be around all the other boxers and especially in the cruiserweight division there's some some good fighters and it's good to get made the fuss of you don't normally get that in boxing so it was nice to nice to have some of that got, yeah. got fluffed up got fluffed the lad even Joe yeah. had a suit on. do you know what Paul Senior as well that's the first time I've seen Paul <laughs> Senior in a suit know, he looked a business in a suit well, he, he Mate, did tailor, it must be tailor made because to get him round them arms Jesus Christ I know, they, I oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they must have had some proper gear on listen before we get into the World Boxing Super Series let's clear it up with WBC mate and Darrell what happened yeah um, not really it just took too long to be honest with you it was just getting back and dates were getting changed, venues were getting changed and just felt like the fight was never going to happen and I think my career has been held back enough as it is and I wasn't prepared to wait any longer and it's not as if I didn't have any other choices, the tournament was offered to me and I see you know, a lot of good fighters entered and I think at the time it was the best right decision for me in my career, I think it was the quickest way possible to get back fighting and get back involved in big fights which I feel is what I need. Mm. Are you surprised that he turned it down, the, the opportunity to be in there? Yeah, I am, to be honest with you, because I think, as I said, it was a, a guaranteed date. As long as you keep winning, it was three, three fights guaranteed against good people, and you know, the money was better in the tournament than it would have been fighting the outside of the tournament. So I was a bit baffled to why he didn't do it, but mm. well, that's his decision, and you know, he can go his way now and I'll go mine, but I'll pass my cross in the future, but I just feel this was the best decision for me. But you'd agree the date, you were going to Los Angeles, it was in August, You know, as far as you were concerned, uh, you know... Were you in the gym at one time, Cam, thinking about that fight? Because we were talking about yeah, booking flights. Mate, we going. you, you yeah. owe me a few quid, mate, now that this ain't know, on, because I've got I to cancel my flight. <laughs> I know, but I've been in the gym most of the year, to be honest, because the minute they won the purse bid, we knew they had till the end of May to put it on, so I got in the gym thinking they might try and throw it off. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. So I got in the gym, and then I was told May the 6th, then I was told May 27th, so I was training for that, and then I got told it, it might be the middle of June, and then... There's a Gale fight was mentioned for the 1st of July, so yeah. I stayed in the gym for that, and then I got told it wasn't going to be until later on, so I sort of eased off a bit, but was still sticking over, and then it was just, then it, 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 was, it wasn't going to be that date, it was getting moved to Flint, Michigan, and mm. it was just frustrating, to be honest with you, then. What reasons did they give? Did they give you any reasons as to, because like you say, September 9th, LA, it was done deal, the yeah. contracts were signed. Yeah, I thought, I thought he said it was the same, like a better... It's a place for them to make some of the money back they've spent in the past, did so I don't know, but mate, I'll tell you what it is, bricking it. That's what it is, sunshine. Yeah. They knew what was coming. The whole heap of Mundo was coming. That's Bottle what it went. Yeah, half of, half of Liverpool planet. were taking over yeah. LA. That's what it were. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's one of them. I'm gutted and frustrated because I did want to win the BBC. I've chose that route from the start. And yeah, I've been concentrating on that for a long time, but it just reached the point where 
like I said, they have to do what was right for me and I feel the tournament was the best decision. So seems the way you've made the decision then to come away into the tournament, because obviously that fight, from the sounds of it, was just never going to happen. I don't understand yeah. why you don't bring the WBC belt in full with you because you're the number one contender. Why, why will Darrell get to fight for that now? I don't. I think it's because they won the pace bid, so they sort of. Yeah, but they couldn't put the fight on. They moved the date and they moved the venue and all kinds. Of, I, I just, know. Mm. I know. Well, we, we did. We were going to argue that, but then I just thought it was too much messing around. And yeah, it's one of them. There's a world title in the tournament, so if we win the tournament, they'll come out world champion. It's a different version, but it's still a world title. So it's all about them in the long run. As long as we win the tournament, yeah. To be honest, you know, exactly. And we were talking about the tournament last week and it was obviously prior to you being announced, prior to Eubank Jr. And we were saying, compared to the Cruiserweight tournament, which has got everybody in there, you know, the super middleweight is a bit of a letdown. It's just the WBA tournament. But because you're in there now, because Eubank Jr. is in there now, because the final lineup that we're looking at, you know, whoever wins this tournament, whoever comes out of this is... Is the number one like everyone's going to know him because this tournament's going to be so big? Everyone's yeah. going to know that guy's. So the Gael comes back and he's playing catch up. Then so yeah. whoever comes out of this is prime to go right. Okay, I'll fight for the WBC now. Or I'll fight for the IBF. Or I'll, yeah, I'll fight for the definitely. WBO. Yeah, exactly. I think exposure. I was shocked that you know, the reaction to Twitter when I was announced in it. You know, I think a lot of people are interested in the super middles now as well as the cruiserweights. And yeah, I think the winner of this tournament comes out and sort of in the driving seat and can choose what fights they want. So. No, it's going to be a tough tournament, but definitely confident I can win it. And then, as I said, the other titles are there to there to fight for and to come out for. I've got you know, three tough fights ahead, and I'm looking forward to just getting back boxing and doing what I'm used to doing, training and fighting rather than looking over contracts and getting yeah. emails to do a fight and things. And things and all <laughs> Who wants to do reading, man? We did that at school. Oh, Don't exactly. want to do any reading. No, no. Exactly. That must after the after the six months you've had, then to be told you've got three fights coming up. Definitely. Between now and May. Between, now, between and May. now and May. That that's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. No, I'm I'm buzzing again. I'm, I'm I'm excited to get back in the gym in the gym today and you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like springing step rather. Like to be honest, I've been saying the last few months, but it's, I've always yeah. been training but not fully been hundred percent sure what I was training for, what date or what it's always just been ticking over. But no, I know my date now is hundred percent confirmed and I can fully focus on that. Right, come on then. You get seeded number two, right? And I've not I've seen the bookies because I put money on you and Usyk, right? So don't let yeah. me down. I've got a double on yeah. here, Sunshine. Okay. Pay for me holidays next year. Now <laughs> you obviously then get your opportunity to pick the guy that you fight in the quarter final. Yeah. Why the Swede? Um I don't know, it was tough at one minute. It was gonna be the American and then we watched a bit of a few videos and it one minute Joe was saying, Shall we just go for Cox? Yeah. He's, he's too small for his middleweight and then we're watching Skogland he's a good fighter but he's tall he's upright and I feel I stand up box a bit better when I face taller people it makes my game a bit better and I'm a mm. bit more switched on rather than facing someone small around the ring and you know, the end of ducking and rolling and sometimes you know, I just feel I'm, I'm a bit better when they're a bit taller it makes me stand up and box and use the skills a bit more and the more we watch them I just felt He's a similar style, but I feel I'm a little bit better in these departments, and I think I'll be a bit too physically strong for him. But no, he's good. He's 26 and all, so no, there's, there's a danger there. But I feel that's what I've needed and what I've lacked in my last three fights—a bit of, bit of fear factor. Know that I'm up against it, and yeah. if I don't perform, there's a chance I'll lose. And no, I think that's the case this time. So no, he'll get me full attention, and no, I know it's a tough fight, but one that I'm 100% confident I'll win, and I wouldn't have chosen if otherwise. How do how does the location of the fights get determined now? Um, 
I'm not sure, but I've been told Liverpool September yep. 16th. September 16th, so that's what I was just yeah. going to say. That's what I'm hearing. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know whether it's in the first round of the seeds get yeah. you know, the favour the home the home the home venue, but I'm not I'm, again I'm not too sure. I don't know whether they've all been sorted, but I was told prior to the draw man would be September sixteenth, Liverpool, so until they're anything different that's the that you're aiming for. But I think that I've heard it off a few others as well, so I think that's kind of confirmed. So that, that, it'll be a matchroom show. Yeah. It will be on Sky Sports. It'll be it'll just be like a normal matchroom big event, but we'll have obviously all a dressage yeah. of the World Boxing Super Series alongside it as well. Is there is there, is there, is there I'm hearing as well, Callum, that the, each fight comes with a, a cash incentive. So is there a cash bonus for winning your you first get, fight? You get like you get like money to enter it, but I think everyone's different. But then there's like it's like it's kind of making it like prize fighting to win against yeah. like a bonus sort of thing. So you're fighting for a bigger pay sort of thing, which I think is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think it gives a bit more of an incentive to go in and win rather than you get people just going in knowing they're getting paid regardless. So it does add a bit more to it, and I don't think it's a good idea. Well, it's a buzzing tournament, isn't it? It's just, it's I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, like you, you just said there, that that, ta- that time frame. You've just been training for a year and not knowing what necessarily what's yeah. going to be happening. But September win, then obviously I think it's January. Win, yeah. and then May win. You know, yeah. over the ne- three, you're three fights away from becoming world champion, guaranteed, yeah, guaranteed. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to mess you about. That is go- yeah, That is exactly. what's going to happen. Yeah, that's what I mean. Isn't it? And there's no, no. Once you win this fight, there's no negotiating again. It's all been done at the start of the tournament. So you win, train, fight, train, fight. There's no, no messing around, and there's no, no potential like, yeah, there's no messing around. It's just. It is who it is. Whoever wins the next fight to you, you're fighting the semi-final. Whoever wins the semi-final, you're fighting the final. It's pretty straightforward. And I think that's what people like about it. No negotiating, no fights that this might happen, it might happen. If you yeah. win, you know you're fighting. It's pretty straightforward. And I'm looking forward to just getting started. It's, it's a bit of a buzz about it. And I've got a lot of, lot of a better reaction than I thought it would have when it was, when it was announced. So, like the people are looking forward to it as well. Oh, you—you you being right. added just completely, utterly legitimised this tournament for me, one hundred percent. But from the sounds of things, the only things left to negotiate and talk and talk about then are venues for each fight. So what we need now is Liverpool has got to sell out for your fight if it is September. We need to pack the place out. We need to have an amazing atmosphere. You knock yeah. this kid out, and then we're in a strong position to go. Well, the semi's got to come back here. We've just sold yeah. out a, an entire arena. Oh, oh yeah. we're, t- we're talking May Anfield. That's what we're talking. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah. And then end of May, bump season finishes. Liverpool lift the league trophy. Yeah. Week after, yeah. Callum on the pitch <laughs> wins World World Super Series. It's perfect. <laughs> There's next season sorted. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of all sat quite nicely as well because there's big things going on in the uh, in the Smith family. Swifty's getting wed this weekend, man. Yeah. Before we get yeah. to the wedding, before we get to come on, right? Because I said to your older brother Paul that you should have sold the rights to ITV for maybe an ITV two spin off, <laughs> like a not a Love Island, not like a Love Island, but just Boxing <laughs> Island, just a carnage island <laughs> in Ibiza where there's a boatload of lads just having it for five days. It looked mental, mate. Yeah, it was good. It was a good few days, to be fair. Good lads, and we had a good laugh. It was good. Good. Good send-off. Be, be honest with you. Be, be, be honest with you. Did Pricey drink everybody under the table? Come on, be honest. Nobody had a good go, to be fair. Carrie, yeah, yeah, he loves a bit. <laughs> yeah. He loves a bit. And obviously, it's the wedding this weekend, mate. Have you... Uh, yeah. It's kind of sat nice, this, because the tournament starts after. You can concentrate on this, send him off nice, yeah. and then you can get on with your business. Yeah, exactly. No back and playing and I was in about 10 weeks so 
the wind's probably coming a good time and then mm. I can knuckle down and just get ready. But for the first time in a long time, I'm actually looking forward to a camp, looking forward to getting going and getting fit and back fighting again. It's been a while. I haven't fought this year, it's been since December. So. How many but, how many uh, different run-throughs of Paul's speech have you uh, had to sit through so far, mate? None yet. I heard the start of it a while ago. And <laughs> I probably heard the, the full version this week, but... I, I wouldn't like to be Stephen the weekend. Mate, he's told me. Listen, it's he's, gonna savage. Mate, he told me that he was going for him. He said <laughs> he, he because yeah. well, Swifty did him. Oh, Ste- Stephen yeah. did know, him big time. That's nice. I don't think anyone safe to be fair. Think of us. <laughs> I wouldn't like to be Stephen the weekend. This I is his it. moment. This is Paul's moment now. He's like, right, I've got the microphone. Here we go. Everybody's yeah, yeah. getting it. Revenge. I think, I think Paul's was six years old. I've been waiting six years for this. Paul, so <laughs> six years weekend. Listen, if you room with him as well on this blooming stag, do, you're probably going to get some as well, son, so watch yourself. <laughs> I know, I know. Looking forward to it, though. It should be a good day, and it's all nice with everyone. None of us are fighting for this day, so it should be a good little relaxing weekend, hopefully. No magic, absolutely. Listen, all, all the best with this, because this is... Three uh, fights, mate, I'm a conqueror in the world. We're that's buzzing. it. Yeah. yeah, that's the plan. Good man. Fingers Le- crossed. Thanks for speaking to us once again, Carl. Have a wonderful camp, mate, and enjoy the weekend. Have a good weekend. We'll catch you soon. No, oh, I'm so excited about this tournament now, and just to hear them then, as you know, I had mentioned it, but I heard a little whisper before we come into the studio. Someone told me September 16th, Echo Arena has been booked potentially for this fight. So Callum's obviously heard the same thing. I think it's got to happen in Liverpool. I think we've got to sell a place out because I, I, you know, it sounds like that's what's up in the air at the moment. The semi-finals and the finals are looking for venues, and I think the best four venues from the fourth quarter-finals are going to be perfectly placed to host the semis. So a big win at Echo Arena for Callum. Smith against Scotland and we could get the semi back here he wins then and listen we, we joke about it but they've already spoke to Anfield Liverpool Football Club wanted to happen May end of May would be perfect timing at the end of the season I'm telling you now it could happen now um, that's coming up from September right through till next May this weekend we just mentioned that Swift is getting wed wishing him all the best Stephen enjoy it sunshine I apologise if Paul goes in on you a little bit too much but uh, we kind of revved him up when he was in the studio to do that um, but also happening this weekend, there's a bit of fighting action uh, involving your prospect of the year, Robbie Davis Jr. He's on the Eubank Jr. undercard this weekend, and we're speaking to the boy next. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, one from Callum Smith. Um, this weekend, there is another scouter in action in Robbie Davis Jr., who is Nick's prospect of the year. Hotly tipped at the start of 2017 to do major, major things. Um, he's impressed us so far because he's been involved in uh, a couple of ITV shows, and this weekend, he's on the undercard of Eubank Jr. versus Arthur Abraham. And he's a man that is rising up those WBA world rankings. Yeah, he's a superstar, to be honest with you. Um, he get... Blow your own trumpet there, mate. Blow well, your... Just because you picked him out. That's why I picked you... him out, you see. I picked him out to be the biggest prospect of 2017 because he's the biggest prospect of 2017. I'm not playing games, you know. I ain't playing around here. I'm not I'm picking kids because they've got the same surname as me. This is real. This is business. This is business talk. Robbie Davis Jr. Can is I just point the out, real that deal. Might, that might confuse people uh, with you saying that because you're going, well, you're called Nick Pete, Robbie Davis Jr. I don't understand that. Basically, I picked Jack Catterall. Yeah. We're not related. We just have the same surname as my uh, prospect of the year. Um, but Robbie Davis is your boy and he's in action this weekend. 
let's get him on the dog, man, because there were a fight. Um... He's looked phenomenal so far. Mm. He's looked phenomenal. And this is a, another good fight for him. You know, a kid who's got an 18-1 and one record. Um, he's obviously defending his WBA continental belt as well, which maintains that WBA world ranking that Robbie's got. Uh, I, I truly believe Robbie Davis is, uh, you know, potentially the best super lightweight on in this country. And after the weekend where we've seen some of the best super lightweights in the country going head to head, it's Robbie's time to shine on Saturday night. How's tricks for you, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm good, man. Just finishing in the gym now. Just doing my last proper session. Good. Two of you had in the gym today. Uh, no one, just me and two of my coaches. Jim is dead today, so just us um, doing last bit of sharp pads. Yeah. Uh, travel up to London tomorrow, so all set to go. Yeah, because it's um, it's not Olympia anymore, mate, or the Echo Arena. That's no disrespect to those fantastic venues that we've got in this fine city. Wembley yeah. Arena, sunshine! Wembley Arena! Yeah, I don't know. Moving up the rankings, aren't I? <laughs> Getting me spot in the lamb right now. Love it. Listen, it's about time. That's all I'm going to say. About time. You got your yeah, spot in the it. limelight. Big performance this weekend, obviously. Uh, a, a good opponent, though, Rob. You got to be happy about the level of opponent that's been brought in. Yeah, I've been, I've been asking for these type of opponents for a long time now, and um, even when we've had them, they've had, like in previous fights they pulled out last minute or they got sick or for, for one reason or another the fights haven't happened. Yeah. But this time now, like obviously, this kid's obviously I'm his prize with me ranking being so high, so yeah. he's going to come and give it his all. So these are the sorts of fights I've been wanting, so I can prove to people how good I really am. Yeah. Listen, before we uh, talk about you smashing up this uh, Paul and lad at the weekend, lad, um, I want to talk about the division on a whole because obviously at the weekend, I've no doubt that your phone was uh, ringing and texting and people were tweeting your various things. Yeah, non-stop. <laughs> because of the fight that happened on uh, on Channel 5, mate. Josh Taylor or Davis. You've got to be impressed yeah. with what Josh did, mate. Yeah, I am. Um, did you I, see I that coming, knew, Rob? Did you see it coming? Yeah, I always, I always knew it was going to happen, to be honest. I told everyone all over me Twitter. Well, thanks for telling me, mate. You know what I mean? I could have done with something for the bookies. <laughs> everyone was telling me. Everyone was asking me, how oh, you see it going, Rob? I was like, there's only one winner. Like, just, just comparison of levels and experience in the ring. I said, like, O'Hara hasn't had that, even as an amateur. Mm. He'll have never been in that um, sort of situation where the pressure's on um, and it's going to get hard. Like, if you've only had 17, 18 amateur fights and yeah. the professional fights he's had, he would just... The majority of them were lightweight, and the one light welter he fought was an Italian waiter. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Says it all. Serious, that you know what I mean. So yeah. I always knew it was going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Taylor hadn't had like the biggest fight either. He was like a bit like me, but I knew he had the pedigree. Like he'd fought all over the world as an amateur, yeah. and he'd had like numerous fights as an amateur, like myself. So I always knew it was going to happen. I didn't know. I didn't. I obviously I picked him. A wide, wide points decision. Yeah, same. Said. You did, didn't you? You yeah. did. I did, yeah. Yeah, I always said, but it could happen. Um, he could stop him. I'm saying that to everyone. Wide points for the late, late stoppage. Yeah. I think. Then when I seen him like get dropped with a jab and things like that in the early rounds, I was thinking, this yeah. isn't going long. This, you know what I mean? The, the finish was nice from Josh, though, wasn't it? That little hook on the inside. Oh, you know, yeah. that was a cracking little yeah, shot. Do you know what I mean? I think it was before the head shot, though. I think it was the the build up or body shots over the earlier rounds. Like took it out of uh, O'Hara. O'Hara was just swinging for the lights. Like, yeah. could, oh, Taylor was just sitting there watching the shots coming, catch, 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 and then bang, catch, 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 bang. And I thought one of these are going to win them soon. <laughs> and they yeah. did. Which one are you uh, going to call out then at weekend, pal? Do you know what? I've, to be honest, I want the winner of Kill Relic and Rans performantly. Ever win this one? That's it, that's it, you see. You I told you, this game, I told you, Robbie, would be looking upwards, upwards yeah, and onwards. That's what we I've, want. I've been, I've 
been watching them for ages now, and now they've been forced to have a rematch. It gives me a bit of time, yeah. obviously, because if, if they just went off the first one, France were following, they probably would have went straight in for a mandatory, but because the scores were given so wide, yeah. um, they're making them have a rematch. And, like, I'll, I'll smash Kirill Relic up. Uh, Rance Bartholomew, he's just like a bit awkward um, because he's got skills, but he's come up over the years from a super featherweight and a lightweight, so he's he's, he's as tall as me, but he's dead skinny. He's not naturally very strong. Like he got dropped relic with a with a edge shot, mm. but he dropped relic with a just two skills. So you win that then. That. Hang on, you win that. That's number one in the WBA, then, mate, isn't it? You know what I mean? The, the, yeah. The, no, nobody can go anywhere else. They've <laughs> like, got to, they've got to come through the scouser. That's what they got to do. Yeah, but then. <laughs> Terence Crawford's probably have all the belts. He'll be sitting there, like because all four mandatories will be slapped on him from all governing bodies. Yeah, he'll be yeah. sitting down for like a year. Do you know what I mean? So no, but see, that, I, I that think the opposite. I think the opposite. I think he's going to go up. I think he's. You gonna, think he's going to one forty seven? I think don't he beats Dongo and he goes up to one forty seven. So the great thing then is, Rob, every yeah, belt just gets thrown up in the air then. You know, yeah, and you're going to be in prime position then, like the, uh, like the, like the the chief bridesmaid well, not, at a wedding to he, catch the bouquet. Yeah, but, yeah, but even, be ready. Yeah. Give it to me. Even yeah, even he, what you just said then, the, if it's uh, Bartholomew or if it's uh, Relic, that yeah. will be next, isn't it? Be number one, number two. Yeah. So the winner of that yeah, will be number one. Means, You'd be number two automatically whoever, because the other guy's got beat. Whoever loses out of them two will probably drop down. Yeah. And then possibly if I win the weekend, I could move to like number two. Yeah. And then obviously. Well, fingers crossed, it could be could be ordered for me to fight one of them if the belt was vacant. And I tell myself I'm <laughs> over you. Is that stay? Is that staying? By the way, are you keeping that as the walkout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm actually tuning it. That's it. <laughs> I think you need to. Do, I think you actually need to wear your dressing gown no one time thinking, just to walk to the room. I was thinking. I was thinking after this one, I'm going to come out sort of like Hall and out. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got you got the retro vibe going on, Rob. You got the retro vibe going on there, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Someone goes to me, you coming to some nightclub, some somebody DJs on. I'm like, don't even know him. Do you know what I mean? Someone said to me, come to this this show, the four tops. Yeah, like, ah, that's it. The ah, temptations are on. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> the four tops. <laughs> my, my dad went to see the four tops through the week, and, and like yeah. half of them were white fellas. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one like top now. Yeah. There's only one top left. <laughs> yeah. The odd top. <laughs> Listen, oh, also, man. also in this, we've gone off the off the boil here. On the on the, in your weight category, yeah. there's also this um, what people are classing as a super fight in two weeks: Brona versus Garcia at 140, mate. That's that's yeah. tasty. That must light you up a little bit because now you know the super fights in now in, in this weight category, which could uh, really yeah, propel you to the next levels. I'm I'm going with Brona, mate. Because although Garcia is like the, the banger doing the business on mm. everyone, he hasn't fought the people that Brona has. Yeah, Brona's been fighting top welterweights. You know what I mean? Garcia's been fighting super featherweights and lightweights. Mm. If Brona had fought, what was Brona like as a lightweight? He destroyed everyone. He yeah. was, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So if, would would Garcia be able to do what Brona's done and mix it with the likes of Maidanas and Sean Porters? You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I don't know if he would. So, hmm. although they've got Garcia as the favourite, I'm going with Bronham. He, listen, he's got to make weight first, Sunshine. You know that he likes a burger or two, don't you? I know. I just when I met, I met him in Cincinnati, and it's got to just be through um, poor preparation that he fails weight because he's tiny. Yeah. Like his, his like he looks big on telly when you're next to him. Like he's not even big arms, or he hasn't got big legs. He's, he's not very muscular. No. There's just nothing big about him. He still looks like a lightweight of anything. Yeah. And I was thinking like. 
it's just bad preparation. So I think if he, the way I've seen him training and things like that on social media, he looks like he's a lot more switched on for mm. it. I think he's going to make the way easy for this one. You, you say you met him, mate, but I know that you pied him. You didn't even look up from your phone when he walked past you. I've seen the picture. Oh, yeah, did you see that? I've seen the picture. Yeah. You, were, you were knee-deep in some <laughs> social media or something. You know what I mean? You weren't bothered. I was daydreaming, seeing what was going on on my phone, and then someone said, he just walked in, and I was like, did he? Wait. I, was like, I didn't even notice. But then I met him back at the hotel, and I'm away from all the cameras. He stands, you know what I mean? He, yeah. he, he has a good insight on boxing, and he, he he's like one of them kids that are proper cool, you know what I mean? So... Obviously, once all this entourage with him. Turns the into a plant pot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, before we let you go, Rob, and let you crack on with the week, mate, um, just do me a favour. Can you um, promote Love Island to Nick? Because he's not watching it. He hates oh, Rob's it. The, he, I even messaged oh, them, you know. I messaged, I messaged Rob and was Nick, like, what are you doing? Nick, Nick, you've the best. got to come out the closet. All of us have to do it at some point. We just have to go with it and admit it. Love Island is the best thing on TV now. I'm you. I'm, you know when it finishes? I'm going to find where Kem and Chris are and go on a night out with them. <laughs> I am. There's the boys. Not messing. That's how good it is. That means nothing to you, does it? Means it? Nothing. That means, that means nothing. These two oh, lads yeah, in there. It, oh, mate, they've, they've got a little bit of a bromance going on, these two lads. Yeah. And, uh, Rob, the next Phantom Deck. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> mate, it is good. Mate, you need to get in it, Nick, uh, boy. You keep telling me to watch it. Yeah, I can't get, do oh, it. You'll you have to at least give it a go. And then before you know it, you're hooked and... You'll be missing radio stations, Fox and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, mate, we're buzzing for the weekend. Can't wait yeah. to see you in action. We're going to be dead honest with you, right? When the first fight was announced, we were thinking, I'm not paying pay-per-view. And then as soon I said as your name came I out... I said it. I went, the only way I'm paying pay-per-view is if they put my prospect of the year, Robbie Davis, yeah. on this card. And they put you on. You cost me 20 yeah. quid or whatever it is this weekend. But listen, worth every penny makes. I know you're going to do the business. Oh, thank you anyway, Anna. I'll let you down. Top man. Listen, enjoy London, my friend. Um, take a translator with you. You know what they're like down there. They don't fully understand that. Every time I take Nick down there, he needs a, he needs a red button, like a little bit of sub subtitle so people can understand yeah, what he's going yeah, on I about, know. lad. I'll slow all my speech down for them. <laughs> <laughs> Top lad. Listen, have a great all weekend, right. mate, and we'll catch you all next right. week. All right, take care. All right, thanks, lad. Catch you soon. Top man. There we go. There's my prospect of the year. Primed and ready. Mm. Can't wait. And if you've not seen him fight live, listen, do yourself a favour. He is worth the pay-per-view money alone, this kid. Shooting star, future world champion. Comes from fighting stock. And as we just did, then he's got the personality to go with it. Unbelievable switch hitter. I love a switch hitter. Can go either way, Orthodox or uh, Southport. This kid is fair player, man. You picked a good one. You did pick a good one. Uh, in action this weekend, uh, make sure you check him out on the undercard of Eubank Jr., and Arthur Abraham. Coming up next, we are going to have a little bit of a chat about Paul Butler. He's not on the show, but he's uh, terminated contract, parted ways with Frank Warren. We've got a few reasons as to why that has come about. We'll share them with you next. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now to matters outside of the ring. Paul Butler's been on the show on many occasions. The babyface assassin from Ellesmere Port. We fully expected him to be fighting Jamie McDonald for the bantamweight crown at some point because he's been on here talking about it. His mm-hmm. trainer's been on here talking about it. The opponent's trainer's been on here talking about it. That fight was near enough done. All we were waiting for was a venue and a date so we could all get on the bandwagon and go and enjoy an absolute tear-up between two fantastic British bantamweights. However, last week, you will have seen a tweet from Eddie Hearn, the promoter, of Jamie McDonnell saying that terms have been agreed between Jamie McDonnell and Solis for a rematch. Now, for me, 
That then automatically sprang alarm bells in my head, thinking, hang on a minute, I thought that Jamie McDonnell was going to be taking on uh, Paul Butler at some point for that uh, yep. IBF banter. That's what we were being crown. led to believe, wasn't it? I fully understand the reasons as to why maybe they would make Jamie McDonnell and Solis again, because let's be honest, we saw that fight in the south of France, yep. and Solis won it. No question about it. Jamie McDonnell got away with one there. Uh, but was there any need... For, from our point of view, from Eddie Hearn's point of view, to make that fight again, I don't necessarily think there was. I think there's more dollar to be made in a fight with Paul Butler, a battle of Britain. However, something somewhere has broken down. Let's fast forward 24 hours from that news breaking of Solis and McDonald's terms being agreed. Paul Butler makes a statement that he is split from his promoter, Frank Warren. They're going in separate ways, which then kind of insinuates where the Something's problem gone wrong, yeah. Something has gone wrong somewhere down the line. Now, we absolutely love Frank. We speak to him on a regular basis. We speak to his team on a regular basis. And we speak to a lot of fighters on his uh, on a regular basis. But from Paul Butler's point of view, can't really blame him, can you? No. Because there's been a lot of stagnation with his, um, with his career and a lot of maybe wrong decisions that maybe have built up over a period of time that has just come and popped like a volcano last week. And now he's looking for a new promotional deal and kicking on and going forward with his career. Because no disrespect to him, even though he looks a young boy, he's right in the peak of his powers at this moment in time, in his uh, mid to late 20s. He needs to be kicking on. He needs to be challenging and hopefully regaining world titles. He has, yeah. You know, and, um, you know he, he's been on the show and spoke previously about the fact that he feels like he was he was wrongly advised um, back when he won the IBF world title. You know, this is a guy that won... He was only a baby at the time, uh, four years ago, three years ago, wins the IBF World Bantamweight title against Stuart Horn. Looked magnificent in doing so, and uh, we really thought that was the start of big things for Paul Butler and uh, you know a, a long defensive run. And then, quite surprisingly, uh, less than 12 months later, he gives up that IBF belt to go and fight Zalani Tete for the Superfly belt. And it was, okay, fair enough. You know, it was another world title belt, two-weight world champion. You know, we understand he's going for a little bit of history here. But what we didn't realise at the time is that Zalani Tete was an absolute killer, Mm. an absolute beast. And uh, obviously he puts a stain on Paul's record. He he, he wins that fight. He stopped Paul. He looked phenomenal. Uh, And from there, Paul's had to go away and regroup. And, you know, that was March 2015, the Tete fight. So, you know, more than two years on, uh, he's not fought for any major titles since. He's had quite a lot of fights, but over over a period of time. He's not been back in... This is a guy that gave up a world title to fight for a world title. And yet two years on, he can't get a world title fight. Mm. In fact, despite the fact that he's strung together the most... Uh, the most knockouts of his career, which for guys of this weight division, bantamweight and below, knockouts aren't regular. You know, these aren't heavyweights. If you're knocking people out at this weight division, means that you are incredibly well-talented and a big hitter. So the fact that he's been on this run, yet he hasn't been able to unlock a world title fight, and the fact that a McDonald fight has fell through now, I think the writing's been on the wall. I think Paul's just thought, you know what, I just need a fresh start and, a, and, and somewhere new. Mm. A lot of frustration for him because he changed trainers as well in that period of time that yep. you're talking about. You're talking about him... Changed a couple of trainers now, hasn't mm. he? I think he's on his third or fourth training team now since he turned pro, so... Seems to have settled at Gallagher's gym. I hope so. He seems to be in a better place and um, hopefully he can he can kick on. Who do you think can take him? Um, 
Do you think he's, he, he, I think he's he, a match I, for Matchroom? I think, I, think I think he would work great with Matchroom, yeah. I think, uh, you know, the Sowlands obviously have got a few British fighters now. Whether they're interested in, in bantamweights necessarily, I don't know. More of a middleweight, super middleweight kind of team. There's certainly, you know, promoters over in the US as well, you know, that, that are looking for talent. This is a guy that's world-class. It's a world-class bantamweight. So I don't think Paul will be short of offers, far from it. Um, but, you know, matchroom is the obvious solution. You would think that, you know, we'd be perfect to go straight onto a, a matchroom card. But I wouldn't rule anything out at this stage, as I say. You know, Paul at this stage is in 28 now. You know, he's been around for a long time. He's got, you know, he's got a phenomenal record. He's fought for two world titles. He's got 50% knockout rate or more in his 24 wins. He needs to move. He need this is it now. He needs to be cashing in. His lifetime in boxing has led to this point. And if he doesn't feel like he can cash in with Frank Warren, then he, you know maybe the right decision is to move on. But he's got to make that decision quick. And that decision has got to lead, from what I can see, an immediate world title shot. He needs a world title fight now. Otherwise, he's going to blink. He's going to be thirty-five. He's going to be retired, and he's going to look back on his career and think, ah. Oh, if only he'd moved sooner, if only he'd got more proactive about my career to cash in. Mm, fair play to him for uh, taking that decision and uh, we'll keep you up to date uh, when we have more news of uh, where he is going to be going, who he's going to be fighting next and who's going to be promoting him. Uh, one thing is for sure that uh, if we're sticking on Merseyside, JJ Metcalf's back in action this weekend. He's going up to Blackpool, man. That's right. He's on the prom. He's on the prom riding the donkeys. Literally, <laughs> he will be uh, putting his skills uh, to the test, which you can see on TV this weekend. He's on Box Nation. Um, he's in action. Jack Arnfield, who's a local boy up in Blackpool, he's in action as well. Ricky yep. Hatton's got a fighter on there as well. Ryan Mulcahy from Liverpool in mm. a, we love it, Central Area title fight. Booyah! But JJ's been on this show, very softly spoken. Obviously, he is uh, a direct descendant of uh, one of your favourite Liverpool fighters of all time, Shane Erie. Yep. Um, in action this weekend. Share a ring with him, don't you know? Yeah, Share all right. Don't tell us that story again about sharing a ring with uh, Shane Erie. However... Uh, from JJ's point of view, we've just been speaking about Paul, about that um, kicking on to the next level of your career. JJ's kind of in that situation right now because he's he's been doing extremely well as a young, talented, up-and-coming fighter. He's been performing very, very well. Gone under the radar a lot. And we said this to him when he came on our show, going under the radar and obviously this new Box Nation and BT deal. Would he be able to kick on to those next levels? And he's kind of in that situation now where we want to see him in uh, British title contention, don't we? We want to see him challenging for Commonwealth belts and European belts and to see how good he really, really is and whether he can kick on to the next level and maybe challenge for world honours at some point later on down the line. Yeah, exactly. Another one of uh, you know the guys that I'm tipping from this great city to go on and do massive things. And do you, t- it, do you tip anybody from this city not to go on to do massive things? No, that's, that's very true, actually. Yeah, yeah. There's a... Well, listen, I'm t- there's guys from this city who I will back... To t- when they turn pro, to win at certain levels. Do you know what I mean? There's certain lads who I think, well, he will get to that level, and he should get to that level. And then there's like the Callum Smiths and Tony Bell user this will be like, these guys will get to world level. You can see that. Mm. With JJ, you know, I think kind of like his dad as well. His dad was like this in a lot of ways. It was like, it was, it was small rewards along the way. It was like, okay, let's see him at British level. Let's see what he does then. Let's see him at European level. Let's see what he does then. I think with Bellew, because Bellew was such a frightening puncher and was so convinced, that, you know, knocking people out as an amateur with big pillows on, you knew Bellew was going to end up in world title class because he could take a punch and he could land a punch. Likewise, Callum Smith coming right through, you can just see it about him, the style, the way he moves, the size of him. He was going to be in world title class one day. With JJ, it's like, 
he just keeps exceeding expectation. You, 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 he builds himself up. You see him, you move, he moves like his dad, hits like his dad and everything else. But you think, OK, let's just see him at British level. Let's see him move to the next level. Let's see him at European level. And he seems like his mind is right now. He's got the right team over at Derry's with, with Georgie Vaughan and everything else. This is a guy that is just waiting for the opportunity. But kind of like Robbie, Robbie Davis, it's a guy that's also built up a you know a, a fifteen fight record on small hall shows. He hasn't had the opportunities. Mm. He's not a regular at the Echo Arena. He's not. He might have gone under a lot of people's radars, but this weekend he gets a, a massive opportunity on a on you know this Blackpool show. This is exactly the type of thing that BT Sport jumping in with Frank Warren. This is what it's unlocking. The this card. This it's a Steve Wood card from what I can see. This is the type of thing that these guys have been fighting on with no TV. The only difference now is the TV are going to be there this weekend. Mm. So it goes up 10 different levels because the exposure's there. The chance to build a national fan base is right there. And for me, that's what JJ Metcalf has been lacking. He's just been lacking that exposure because when people see him and they make that similarity to his dad and they realise how big a star... Don't forget, back in the day, Shane Neary was ITV boxing. He carried boxing on ITV for a generation. He was phenomenal. Imagine what he could have done if he'd had Neko Arena. We've got the perfect storm now. We've got the venue in Liverpool that can do big events. We've got a TV stations now fighting over each other to expose these guys. And we've got real talent, one of which is JJ. And I think this weekend, if he gets the coverage on TV, the world's his oyster. You know, he's 15 and 0 now. He's got to get a British title fight next. From what we're hearing, this is the final fight before the British title fight. And then we're upwards and onwards from there. Yeah, you mentioned Derry's name there, and on last week's show you talked about Steve Brogan. Uh, both names have been in the mix for Masha's next fight. I saw that Masha put out on social media that Prenton Park now is officially booked. He's just waiting for an opponent and various things like that. They've done the dotted the I's and crossed the T's. But he mentioned that it was uh, an indoor uh, event. I don't know what what are they gonna, have they put a roof on it? Have they turned it into the Millennium Stadium at, uh, at Prenton Park? <laughs> Uh, maybe that was a typo. I don't know. Maybe they're putting a tent on there. I don't know. Uh, but that's what I, how I read it. I'm led to believe it's August 19th. Don't quote me on that. But I believe that it's all booked, signed and sealed. He's just waiting now for an opponent. Yeah. Have you, sp- have you spoken to Derry? Uh, uh, <laughs> I know it's definitely not Derry. It's definitely not Derry. Derry is officially retired. He's reiterated that again. Is uh, let everybody else continue now to fight on. That's kind of Derry's rhetoric now. He's had his time and he has accepted the fact that he's chose retirement for a reason. I don't think Michelle would let him return to boxing again now anyway with the new baby and everything else. So it's definitely not going to be Derry Matthews. Um, I think what we're probably looking at now would be, because obviously Steve Brogan lost his English title fight, I think we're more than likely going to be looking at an international opponent coming over, which is... Disappointing because I think that affects ticket sales. You know, if I was them, I'd have moved heaven and earth for Derry. And if Derry's not available, which he isn't, um, I think Tom Stalker would be a better option. You know, I really want to keep banging on about this. You love local derbies, you don't yeah, you? Yeah, I really want to keep banging on about this Mersey side or this this uh, this battle of the Mersey um, set up because that's how you're going to sell tickets. That's how you're going to put bums on seats. And I think Tom, you know, he could do with a big win as a big opportunity himself. It's a perfect fight for him. I think Masha would got to start that fight as a favourite anyway because of Tom's troubles in the pro ranks. I think it's it's got all the ingredients for a, for a great fight. So it's crazy that they're not taking that fight more seriously. I think if I was Masha Dodd, I'd want to fight someone from Liverpool because I'd be thinking... I'm the I'm the ace idea. I'm the guy that's going to benefit mostly from ticket sales or from TV exposure. So I want a big opponent that's going to bring a big crowd, rather than shipping over some some uh, some African nobody's heard of just for the Commonwealth title defence. 
August 27th, by the way. I thought 19th sounded a little bit weird when I said it. Uh, August 27th is the date that they have confirmed at Prenton Park. Sunday. Uh, still waiting for an opponent. And this That's is the bank holiday weekend, isn't it? This is interesting as well, is that he's expected to uh, be seen. We've just been speaking to Callum earlier on in the show. You mentioned mm-hmm. September 16th. Um, that might not happen September 16th. It might be September 30th, because I know that there's uh, Matchroom have got both of those dates booked out for the Echo yeah for the Echo Arena and uh, Mash is due on that card as well uh, oh, because wow. he sells a boatload of tickets so hopefully he comes through uh, whatever happens on August uh, at the end of August uh, to be on at the end of September as well busy busy couple of uh, uh, months coming up uh, for Mash but he sells a ticket and I've no doubt that Eddie Owen wants him on all his cards because he sells tickets for fun doesn't he he does yeah exactly and um, you know I just think it's just about getting the right opponent for him right now you know, they, again, they just need someone that's going to sell some tickets, that's going to generate some interest. Or, to be honest, I can see Prenton Park falling through. I can see them just moving it to the Callum Smith, maybe chief support on the, that Callum Smith uh, World World Boxing Super Series mm. fight. But, uh, you know, obviously for Masha's sake, um, you know, he wants to fight at Prenton Park. He wants to have his Tony Bellew moment. And to do that, you need to have the right opponent who's going to put bums on seats as well. No, absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for listening to our little show this week. It's been an absolute pleasure once again being with you. Hopefully you uh, enjoyed hearing from Callum Smith and Robbie Davis Jr. Uh, good luck to the latter who's in action this weekend. Um, don't forget, tomorrow morning we've another boxing episode available for you on our website, fightdisciples.com. We'll be going through the O'Hara, Davis and Josh Taylor fight from the weekend and looking ahead uh, to what you can expect this weekend from Eubank Jr. And on Thursday, of course, we'll be going through everything that's happening in the world of UFC, which I've no doubt there might be a little bit of chat about some press conferences that are going on at this moment in time uh, between uh, the pound-for-pound best boxer and the pound-for-pound best UFC fighter. You may have seen it. It might have been on your news feed at some point over the last 24 hours. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.